welcome to the Until Jesus Runs This Campus podcast. I am your host, Lauren, and I am so excited to get to spend a little bit of time today just sharing with you guys um, some advice, all of the things about God and the Bible and church and all of the fun things. Um, today, I get to be joined by our college pastor um, at our church, Cody. Um, we are a part of T-Rock, which stands for Timberidge on Campus, um, which is our local kind of church um, college campus ministry. Um, and so we get to minister to college students every week, um, typically between like four and 600 students, which is really, really fun. And Cody kind of gets to lead the charge on it. So do you want to talk a little bit about what you do? Yeah, it, it's been fun. Um, I've been here for about a year now leading this. And so it's been it's been absolutely amazing um it's exactly where god has me in this moment um and so it's fun that we get to finally get this going because we've talked about this for so long um and it's actually kind of surreal that we actually get to record this and do it um and so it's cool we uh yeah so part of my job is just in general just obviously people just think oh you're just writing sermons and it's not we also have a, a college league team that's about anywhere from 10 to 14 people that are just college students and, you know, the T-Rock mantra, as you would say, um, really comes from the title of this podcast, which is Until Jesus Runs This Campus. But that comes from Timberridge Churches. Yeah. It's literally on our back wall and it says Until Jesus Runs This Town. And so um, it's good that we get to do this podcast and it's not even just a podcast for just college campuses, but high school campus. But it's meant for a younger audience with mm-hmm. it. And so it's really cool. And I think when we decided it, uh, I told you, I said, I don't, I said, I'll help start it in different things but you know I'm not in that season anymore since I just graduated about a year ago so we'll have people on the podcast that are not um that are not in college that can provide right. perspective on different things but that's why we want you to do it because we couldn't found a better host because of all the things that you provide so it's really cool that we get to do this and um I'm excited All right, well, we are going to kick off today. Um, We got the chance to ask some of our Instagram followers for our college ministry account, um, kind of what they wanted to hear from this podcast. Like Cody said, it's been something we've talked about for a really long time. And so we've gotten a lot of input from all of our like college students uh, around here. And so today, the questions that we'll be talking about are questions that those students have asked, um, and as well as just continuing through the podcast and the rest of the semester and all of these episodes we'll get to kind of answer questions that real college students are asking um, which I think is really cool so today um, just kind of going along with the theme of starting new things and starting the new podcast for us we're going to talk about kind of like starting points for um, your walk with Christ your learning how to read the Bible what prayer looks like for somebody who's uh, new in their faith what that relationship with God looks like and all of the fun things so um, to start off and our first question that we have is where should you start in the Bible if you've never been active in the word before or what's the best place to start reading so for somebody who's kind of never been in the word before doesn't know where to start where would you recommend well I would think that it's it's very scary and it feels very daunting and before we even continue we want this to be very genuine like my nose itch is really bad right now (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the point of it is to be that like we don't want to cut that out we want to keep it very genuine and like for an example this was it's literally the first episode so we're figuring out we're figuring out the cameras we're figuring out the audios so it's we want it to be as genuine as possible 
with it. And the funny part about it is like, that's why we have our phones. Like I have notes on it. Um, I didn't, you gave me the questions of what we were talking about, but I haven't really looked up a lot of it. But if someone were just coming up straight up to me, um, you know, what I would say and what I've, I've learned for it is you can never go wrong starting in the gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, John and Acts. And so, um, and even then though, like, you sit there and going, Cody, do you, are you struggling with the gospels a little bit? I would, yeah, like I'm yeah. trying to think <laughs> off the top of my head if Romans is included in it. It, it is or it isn't. I don't think it is. I, think um, it's I don't think so. It is. Guys, is it? It's not? Okay, they're no. shaking their <laughs> By the way, we have two people back here, James and Taylor. They're back here running the camera and stuff like that too. We would show a camera angle of that, but we don't have that set up yet, but coming <laughs> in the future. Um, so I promise I'm not talking to a crazy person over here um, or I'm just imagining things. Um, but like, that's the point of it. Like, I don't want people to think that just because of my position, like, yeah, there's there's things that are expected of me to know, but that doesn't mean I'm any better or anything, stuff like that. But going back to the actual question, the the point of it is to learn who Jesus is. And so you're going to learn who Jesus is through those gospels, those first, you know, those first beginning few books in the New Testament. And also a good one, too, is always Proverbs, because I think there's 30 or 31 chapters. So you can do one every single day. And it's just so much wisdom, and that's in the Old Testament. So for me, that's a good uh, starting point. I don't know about Yeah, what I've heard, um, I worked at a summer camp this summer, so I got to kind of work with a lot of people who shared in my faith. And um, it's always fun to go to summer camp, and it was fun to do it for a whole summer. Um, but they said the same thing, that they would go through Proverbs every month, and they would reread it every month, and every month they learn something new from it. So I think that's really good. I My favorite book to read in is Psalms. I love Psalms. I feel like it has so much insight into, like, the Bible and the story of Christ and all that stuff, and I learn something literally every day from reading it. Um, and then just, I didn't realize, like, with working at the summer camp that I worked at, we focused on, like, Genesis and talking about, Adam and Eve and all of that stuff and even just getting to teach that to kids I didn't realize how much like I didn't even know about that story and so I think starting even in Genesis at the beginning of the Bible is a great place to start I don't necessarily think that there's a wrong place to start in the Bible um, and oftentimes I'll even be reading in the Bible or I'll go through my plan of like Psalms and I'll read a chapter and I won't really like get anything out of it and I'll just take a second and pray and be like God what do you have for me to read today? Um, and sometimes that will literally be like flipping to wherever in the Bible. And that he is so speaks good. to me. That is so good. Because people don't, I think part of it is inviting God into those yeah. moments. Because a lot of times we are not, we're not in a moment to, we, we just have busy lives. Right. And so we don't sit there and invite God into moments in general because we're just so busy but especially in those moments that's that's so good that you said that because uh, that's something that I've seen in my own walk with that and so it's really cool but that's really smart is in just inviting it and that can that can lead if you start doing that in your prayer life or your devotional life or whatever it is yeah even if it's like getting up in the morning and you're reading the bible verse of the day on the bible yeah. app if you would just invite God in that moment read the scriptures I Nine times out of ten, you're going to understand or get that scripture more. Right. Um, and it's crazy because even the Bible verse of the day, I, I swear, like almost <laughs> every, every day, day I'm going, goodness gracious, that's exactly <laughs> what I need for the day. So uh, that just inviting him into that and yeah. that opens the doors to invite him into the rest of the part of your right. life too because it's just, it starts your day off that too. And right. I always recommend in the mornings, it's hard, especially if you 
try and like work out in the uh, school or work whatever and then you do it in the mornings but it's so good i think to start in the mornings mm-hmm. with it now maybe if you're somebody who likes doing it 30 minutes or an hour or whatever which it can literally be five minutes and if you just read the bible verse of the day every day that will change your life yeah but i think we complicate it so much yes. so if you just do that i think it'll it'll i don't think i know it'll it will dramatically change your life now yeah that you see the world the bible app too has really good like um devotionals and stuff and i love reading sadie robertson's devotionals um i think every christian girl does (laughs) um but i think like there's devotional books that you can get but also literally for free on the bible app you can get devotions which i feel like that's also like if you're really struggling with a place of like i don't understand this devotions i like them because a lot of times they'll give you the scripture and then they'll kind of explain like what it means and it helps me understand even you know, years into my relationship with Christ, still I like struggle when I'm like, what does it say? What does well, it mean? Also written for those, like you can go find the most famous people in the Christian yeah. community that have written on for the Bible app, and they can go from anywhere from two to three days to a whole year long. Because I know mm-hmm. you can do the the read the Bible, the Bible in three to five days. So I tried to do that and didn't work. <laughs> so I think that's where you kind of start with it. So it's 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 a good good. Sp- to start yeah and then i think where you continuing where you continue to grow is there's something i think powerful of like you have yours right there yeah but actually reading it and not reading it on your phone Mm -hmm. um, and putting your phone away i think there's something powerful with that especially if you have like i have a men's uh every men's study bible men's everyday bible and so on the bottom it has the description of it so sometimes i'll read it and i'm going what the heck is this (laughs) and then the bottom it kind of it gives you kind of like a spark note version of what you just read and it helps to yeah. understand those moments too. Right. All right. Well, um, on to the next question. Um, we got asked kind of a lot of questions about prayer. And so like, how do you start with prayer? What does prayer look like maybe for you? Um, and then one in specific was like, if you've been praying for years and you're just not feeling God anymore, like what would you recommend for people who feel that way? This is such a great question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think with all of this, you know, I, I heard this recently where in your prayer life, if every one of your answers got answered today, mm-hmm. would only your life change? And I think that the moment we start praying for other people's happiness and other people's, you know, moments and you're praying for those kind of stuff, I think it is a huge step in the right direction with it because... Um, that is serving and it's thinking of others mm-hmm. instead of yourself all day long. Um, and I think that is one way with it. But when you begin to see God work in those moments is I, I do think that in those prayer life that you're inviting into it and it's taking an honest look of your prayer life. And are you just asking for God everything or are you thanking him too? Right. Thanking him for being in those situations because you know, in scriptures, it doesn't tell us that all things are going to be good. They say they work yeah. for good. And so there may be a season of your life that you're going through something and it's going to help you in the long run with something. Yeah. Right. And a lot of times we don't see that till many years later. Right. Um, and then answering the question where it's, I've been doing it for years, but I really don't feel God. I think that is such a difficult spot to be in mm-hmm. because I, I, I remember, I don't remember if you know this, but we did one of my favorite messages I was able to preach on a Wednesday 
was I was talking about, or I think I might have done it on a Sunday, but it was talking about how prayer works. Yeah. And God, there's a song, because I love country music, and we're in Texas. If you don't know where Stephen Lewis is, but I love Garth Brooks. Yeah. And there's a song that he says, Unanswered Prayers, and he says, I thank God for unanswered prayers. And while the song's amazing, and Garth Brooks sounds amazing in it, I don't think that's true. I don't think that there's unanswered prayers that God has. Right. It is either yes, no, or not right now. Yeah. Right? And we'll never know what that is. We don't know why that we will never be able to figure that out. Sometimes why he just flat out says no. Yeah. And so that's where you say, well, how am I feeling? That is where you, I would always, I would say recommend either, I wouldn't say necessarily join a life group, but join a community where you can talk about them mm-hmm. because I'm not going to sit here and tell you, well, you're not feeling God because you don't see me like, well, I'm, 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 yeah. that's, <laughs> that's so naive for me to say. Right. Uh, I truly think that, every situation is different and then you should go to somebody and talk about it. So then they can talk to you about whatever that situation is. Because yeah. if I give you advice, be like, well, why is God not answering my prayers? Well, somebody could have passed away that was important in your family. And then the advice I'm giving is like not as impactful. Yeah. Right. Or it can be just, I would say just a homework assignment, but it could be a homework assignment too. And so drastically different situations, yeah. but just because somebody else's situation is a 10 doesn't mean and another person says 10 does not mean, oh, well, this is worth less than this other right. one, right? So that's what I would say with it. Yeah. I think um, something kind of that I have often, like, seen um, is that I think, and I was literally listening to a podcast earlier where a girl was talking about this, that um, often, like, we'll pray and kind of what you were saying, like, it's there's not necessarily unanswered prayers but I think a lot of times we miss the answers that God gives us to prayers because we are so set that oh I'm gonna pray like God will you give me a boyfriend and if he's not giving you a boyfriend well then he's not listening to me he's not answering my prayer but in reality because you're so focused on what you want from that prayer you're not open to necessarily hearing what God wants Um, And so, like you said, that's not in every situation. Um, But I think a lot of times we have to just kind of shift our focus from where we want or what we want um, to, yeah, this is what I want. And God, I would love if you provide this for me. But I'm also open if that's not in the timing right now. Um, And so, and I literally like, I'll share a little bit about my story, but um, I went through like a rough breakup a little over a year ago um and at that point I was upset yeah because like I feel like every girl when you're in college especially or honestly anybody um you see relationships around you and I was really active in the church and I seen all these really godly relationships and I was like god I just want that like why are you not blessing me with that um and I got to a place where I was finally like you know what god it's yours. I'm fine. I'm happy. I'm healthy. And I'm in a place where now I don't have that commitment where I can do more of what you've called me to do. Um, and literally we were sitting after church one night. Um, we kind of, when all of the revival stuff was happening, we had played, I'm sure you remember this, some extra songs and just kind of worship late, like two hours after our, um, regular college night was supposed to last and 
um, after the van had gotten off of, like, the stage and stuff, they all came and sat down, and James, who's my now boyfriend, uh, Who's he, running our sound, by the way, yeah. right now, he's right behind, <laughs> his cheeks are so red right now, he's wearing a purple shirt, but it looks about, that's what his face kind of looks like, it's the color of his shirt. But he was sitting in the, um, just one of the rows of chairs, and I walked up to him, and just sat and I looked at him and I was like, are you okay? Are you sad? Are you tired? Or like, are you just taking this in? And he looked at me and he said, I'm just taking it in. Um, and I sat there for a few minutes just in silence next to him and was praying over him. And in that moment, I felt God tell me. And me and James knew each other, but we were not close. We weren't even really like friends at the time. And I felt God be like, this is who you're going to marry one day. And I literally, and I tell people this all the time, I was like, okay, God, <laughs> like, um, but now we've been dating for almost a year and for sure, 100%, I know that God is living out that plan that he told me almost a, over a year ago now. Uh, and so I think it's just, you have to focus on kind of going back to what I was saying is like, you have to focus on where God wants you right now and put your feet where God has you right now and not in the next step. Um, because if you keep trying to step forward and forward and forward to where you want, you're going to end up falling and missing you know, all the in-between that God had for you. Um, and so, Well, and yeah. also, to say this 100% truthfully, and you would you would agree with this, I'm assuming, is that God uses you in your season of singleness mm -hmm. because I don't believe that, and I went through something similar in that, um, but it was a two-year stretch yeah. until I got in the relationship that I am in now, and Heather will 100% be my wife one, one of these days, and the 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 point was is that I didn't realize that moment too yeah. and I was struggling but then I realized that I wasn't able to see you know what God had for me with our relationship because I had to focus on what what I cared about what right. I did and you can't do that in a relationship you have to do that in a season of singleness where you're mm -hmm. finding yourself in those moments you have to understand okay what is important what do I want in a relationship what yeah. do I want what am I willing to not necessarily sacrifice but what is important to me what is what are the, what are deal breakers? What are not? And you, yes, you learn that through relationships, but I think people. But think you will never be able to figure out your life in a relationship, and I'm so adamant <laughs> about that. I'm like, I hate when people are like, "Oh, so and so is just going to come into my life, and they're going to fix everything." And I'm like, "No, they're yeah. not." Yeah, well, because also you, you also can't you can't be fixed, and I think no. that's where people go into a relationship and they're like, "Oh, they're going to fix." Or the another bad part of it too, and I've done this too is you like try to fix them and you think, oh, I got to fix them or, mm -hmm. oh, I see potential in them. I could see that they, they have all these great qualities, but their relationship with God already isn't quite there. So I'll invite them to church. I'll get there and I'll grow and going, no, 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 no. That's I not how it works. I used to get so mad at my parents because they were like, you can't date somebody that's not a Christian. And I was like, well, everybody needs Christ. <laughs> and then I found out what missionary dating was and like you can't date somebody and expect them like to convert them. Like that's on their own you know, like, that's something you have to figure out on your own. But you have to be, like, with somebody who equally, like, yokes you. And I know it's talked about so much in the church. But genuinely, like, if you are constantly trying to drag somebody up with you, um, and nothing wrong with somebody who's newer in their faith or somebody who doesn't have a faith yet or anything like that. But if you are somebody who's super strong in your faith, you cannot expect to, like, go find some hot mess at the bar <laughs> and be like, Oh, don't worry. I'm going to fix him. Like, no, you're not. Yeah. That is not well, your and, job to do. And what's funny is this is not in our notes at all. No. To talk about. <laughs> but this is how passionate we are about it because equally yoked, I learned 
I, I remember having a conversation with my dad and I said, and I was struggling at that time where I was, I was single and I went, he goes, do you think your mom and I are equally yoked? And I said, absolutely. You've know, been together 25 years, you know, was raised in, I call it a second generation Christian because mm-hmm. they were not raised in a Christian home or, you know, and so I got that privilege and I go, absolutely. And he goes, well, who spends more time in the word, me or your mom? And I go, absolutely, mom, not even a question. He goes, so how are we equally yoked? And I thought it was always like, I spend 45 minutes, she spends 45 minutes. Yeah. I read, I listen to Christian music, she listens to Christian music. And that's not what it is. What it is, is this, you're going to mess up in a relationship and you're going to just find hurt and you're going to hurt yourself and them if they're number one priority or if you make Christ a priority because of them, right. if you sit there. Now, that doesn't mean they can't change and be like, okay, God, but God has to be priority because the list that people do is they think it's like spouse, kids, God. No, no, God is first. first. So like for you and James, I'll use you and James for an example, is that you should be, it should be, it should be God, your relationship with God, James, obviously when you get married, right? And then family and then job, like, and sometimes those, but those first two, that's how it stays, right? I saw this amazing thing um, from Craig Rochelle, and he said that he would always, like, go home and all the kids would be on, and they'd be like, Dad, he would come up. And they would all like hug him and stuff like that. But he would go, mama gets the first kiss. Mama gets the first <laughs> kiss. And it's such a small act, but it's yeah. to let it know like in the busyness of life, like that is what matters first, but it's God first. And then his for you should be, you know, God, Lauren, right? That's how it should work. And if yeah. that is the correct order, everything else sometimes will get out of whack and that happens in life. But if those two, when you're married, that is what successful right. part of it looks like. So. Well, let's get off of our tea time of relationships. <laughs> I could go day. on all day about it, yeah. but <laughs> But also if you have any questions about any of anything with this, we are always accepting yeah. questions on that. I mean, if we want to do a whole if if people were asking for a whole relationship one, so then I would love to. Yeah. Um Taylor's sitting right here. She's actually doing the cameras <laughs> for us and I know she would be very interested in talking about it too. And so um yeah. So Yeah. All right, well, our next question, kind of just going on the same bandwagon of all of the ways to start, um, how do you worship? Um, And so I think kind of what this person was talking about was when they're in a room worshiping at church or wherever it is, um, and you kind of, I think human nature is to kind of cower down and be like, oh, I don't want to sing too loud or my voice isn't. Um, worship team worthy um and so for people who kind of allow that to like I guess get the best of them what what would you recommend what what is worship to you how do you worship how do you see that well I'm I'm very passionate about this but I actually want you to answer this first because I know that this is a topic that is pretty uh important to you with it uh we're actually doing a night here, which I guess if people don't know this, because the people that are at T-Rock, this will come yeah. out before we even do this. So they kind of get a little sneak peek, but we're going to do a night of, of worship at T-Rock. I mean, we haven't done it in a while, but w- it'll look different than just a normal night of worship. It'll look, you know, we'll be able to explain different things and have different speakers. And it'll be a really cool night. Yeah. Um, but I would love to hear your take on this first yeah. before I, I talk to you. Well, for me, I think like worship in the sense of like, music has always been kind of like a steady for me like in um 
everything that I've been to, that is the way that I often feel connected to God the most. And I know that a lot of people can relate to that. Um, and so I think, and I came from um, a Baptist church, which, you know, hate on the Baptist churches. My parents still go there. Um, but I think, especially in the church that I was at, where there was a lot of older people, it's kind of like, you're raising your hand, you look weird, like, you know, you're on your knees, what are you doing, like, um, and I think being at T-Rock and seeing, like, an environment that, definitely the environment has helped me, but just seeing that it's okay to, like, actually worship, like, worship isn't just singing the songs, and for some people that can be, um, but I think also, like, worship is what you make out of it, and so I oftentimes will, like, catch myself literally, like, with my eyes closed, like, falling forward on the front row because (laughs) I'm just so into it because, to me, it's, like, that is a moment between you and God, Um, and so I think, and obviously, it takes time to kind of get out of the mindset of, like, what do the people around me think because I can tell you, like, I have my shower singing voice, and, like, that is where (laughs) what I sing. Like, James will tell you, James um, is helps run our worship team and I'm like I'll joke with him all the time I'm like do you think I can be on the worship team and he's like yeah and I'm like don't lie to me so nice (laughs) but I was always in kind of that like mindset of like oh you know can so-and-so next to me hear me like are they getting distracted by my worship but at the end of the day if somebody beside you is getting distracted by the way you sing then they're not in the right mindset Um, and so I think again just it is what you make it like I've there's times and Sometimes it's not often, but there's times where I feel so, like, our last um, T-Rock was literally so spiritual, and you could just feel the Holy Spirit. And had I not been in a knee brace, because I just had knee surgery, I would have been on my knees. Uh, (laughs) I texted James, and I was like, that was some knee, like, on my knees worship, but I couldn't. Um, And so I think it's just kind of the environment that you put yourself in and what you get out of it. And so I think, again, just kind of harp on, like, if somebody else beside you is worried about what you sound like or if you're distracting them, then they're not in the right mindset. And that is, at the end of the day, something for them and God to fix. Um, but then also I was actually talking to Taylor about this earlier yesterday, um, that worship also isn't just like singing. Worship is what you make it. And so Taylor, for instance, runs a um, – bakery she makes amazing cookies and cakes and all the things yeah, and so she Cammy's was cookies. yeah shout out to cammy's cookies <laughs> if you're local yeah. um but she um was telling me like that is how she worships is in giving that time to god and baking and so yeah she's making money from that and yeah it's products that she's selling to people but that time that she's using to make those cookies is her time with god um and so I often hear people that are like, I'm so busy with sports, like I can't be at church, or I'm so busy in this or that that I can't, you know, commit. Well, give your time in sports to God. Give your time in practice to God. Give that time to God. Just because, like, worldly things are taking up your time doesn't mean that that time can't be given to God. So I think in a sense of, like, yes, a lot of people look at worship as singing and worshiping at church, but worship is really anything that you do that you are giving to God. Yeah, the definition, I just looked it up, of worship is the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity or deity? D-E-I-T-Y, how do you say that word? Deity. Deity, okay. Yeah, basically like another being, I guess, of it. Um, And so that can be anything you can do. That can be be what most people hear it as is worship as in 
you know, literally worshiping her music, right? For me, that is my favorite form of it, but mainly with my one-on-one time with God. Mm-hmm. Um, I can still hear and see God moving in my life if I'm consistently listening to Christian music and I'm not in the Word. Now, I'm not saying just listen to Christian music and don't be in the Word because there's a there's something powerful that happens when you read the words of God and you are in the Bible and you're right. just actually reading it, not just reading it through a screen. I don't know what it it is, but it's so much more powerful in my opinion. Um, and that's how and that's another form of worship because you are just seeing the works of God and yeah. seeing how He moves in your life. And the way that you see that is by literally worship, worshiping Him through everything that you do. Um, and so if it's just that, you know, the admiration, you're just thanking him and saying, because at the end of the day, every Christian should understand, like there's no, there's no person that's better than anybody right. else. Like we've all, somebody have all done this. And you know, it's even if there's a sin that you're doing publicly versus someone who's doing it privately, God sees it in the same light. Yeah. It doesn't mean that, this person now the public image could be different right and how people view you that could obviously change and that's the world and there's nothing wrong with with that uh but how god sees you is the same right and i think people condemn one another for that because it's like a public thing and it's mm-hmm. there's like oh well this sin is more yeah like people are gonna be like mm, can, like that and that's just humans but in god's eyes he doesn't do that it's 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 all the same right. in that side so i think that is where um people get that wrong in it but for me on that worship, I love listening to music, and I think there's something that, especially <coughs> understanding the words for it, mm. when you can understand those words in a song, um, it is it is so impactful, and you hit on it earlier, but my favorite part about talking about it is, is a moment between you and God, and if that is that, if that is what is at the forefront of your mind, then that's all that matters, mm. um, and that is where, like, if you feel like you know, I think people w- will explain this, but why do you get on your knees? Why do you, you know, put your hands out? You know, for me at least is when I'm on my knees, it's it's normally that I'm going through a season where I just need to give it up. Yeah. I need to give it to God. That's what it is. So I'm I'm showing not only not only people around me, but it's saying when you do that in public, it is really powerful because you're letting everybody else know what that moment is. And it's saying, God, I don't care who's around me. I don't care what's going on. I am going to show you that I need to give something up. I need to do something, right? And then if I have my hands out like this and I'm praising this way, I'm just praising because we don't deserve it. We don't deserve to be saved. We're all full of sin. And we just get to be, and it's amazing we get to do that, right? And if I have my palms or my hands like this, that means that, God, I need your strength. I need I need him to show me something or something like that. And those are like three simple ways for it, for at least me. I know not, not everybody does it, but at least that's how I do it when we're at a church mm-hmm. or we're doing it. And sometimes it's even like in my in my room, um, I'm doing those same things too because there's something, same thing with even like in the prayer life is audibly speak, like yeah. audibly talk out loud because the difference between just saying it in your head and when you say it out loud, it's super uncomfortable because yeah. you kind of sound like a crazy person you think it is. But that's what I would that's what I would say for it. So, yeah, that's good. Okay, um, so this question will be kind of geared for more of like young adults or college students. But I know this was something that was harped on me so much. 
when I moved to college was like the importance of finding a church. Um, and so like you grow up as a student or an adult or not a, an adult as a student or a kid. Um, and even like all of our kids that are involved with our youth are a lot of kids that their parents just come and attend the church. And so you grow up in this environment of where you just kind of go where your parents go. Um, and moving out as a young adult or to college is kind of the first time that you're off on your own. And I know that that can be hard for a lot of people. So what are like some tips from you on like finding that church home um, when you move off? Like what were important things for you that you looked for when moving to college? All of those kind of things. Uh, one simple word, Google. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, th- I, I say that jokingly, but I also am serious at the same time. So Tarleton was my second school, and both times I went to a, a school called University University of Texas Rio Grande Valley or UTRGV for short, and that's in Edinburgh, Texas. And if you don't know where Edinburgh, Texas is, literally look at a map of Texas, go all the way down to the bottom of the tip, and basically next to Mexico, and that's where it's at, right? So it was a pretty Hispanic uh, population. I think the school was 92% Hispanic, and so... Um, and I say that because when I went down there and I was on Google, I literally just saw all this Spanish speaking churches, like literally the names are in Spanish and I I, I cannot, I would love to speak Spanish. I can't speak Spanish. So (laughs) definitely can't understand somebody else say it. Um, I can count numbers. That's about it. And ask (laughs) Pedro Yabano, like, where's the bathroom? Or can I go to the bathroom, (laughs) please? That's about it. But for me, I literally went on Google and I was just like churches in Edinburgh. Yeah. And I looked and the first place I found was the family church. I was like, oh, English was literally when I first <laughs> saw the title of the church. And then I went and then I fell in love with it. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think if you have a certain de- certain denomination that you want to look for, then that works too. But I kid you not, like most people nowadays have websites and that's a great way to start at least. And then the exact same thing happened when I transferred from there to Stephenville and I came to Tarleton. I literally looked up churches Timber Ridge Church was the first one that I looked up mm-hmm. and it that's literally how it happened. And it was, it happened to be that I didn't have to go to multiple churches. And I know that's not easy for everybody, but I just fell in love with it immediately. And both times I started getting into serving cause I, I knew it was in my heart to serve. Um, and it was just immediate. Like I just got involved immediately with that. And so I think that is where the biggest mistake I think people make is they struggle trying to find their old church. And let me tell you something. You're not going to. Period. <laughs> you're not. You're not going to find. You may found a version of it or something like that. Um, and especially if you came from a fantastic church at home, then and and you absolutely love that church, it's going to be hard to find that new church. So I think putting that on a pedestal and a standard, which I don't think is terrible, but it's going to make it hard to find a new right. church, especially if you're a freshman and you're coming into college for the first time and you're on your own for the first time and you're trying to figure out like what place do I want to go because you get to choose you get to yeah. choose where to go and it's really your first big like not really necessarily adult decision but it is like what am I going to spend my time on Sundays if I go even if I do go and I think that is where I, I don't I think a lot of people just go oh I go here and they just think well I'm going to absolutely find something better like I'm going to find something better um, and if you feel like it's right and it's an 8 out of 10, and it's not, oh, well, it doesn't make up quite to the standard of my old church, then, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but also, we're not going to condemn you if you go to right. T-Rock Timberage Church. Like, the most important thing is if you get plugged in. I think that's yeah. the most important thing. Um, your freshman year in college and in high school, too, is, like, you're going through so many things. You're learning how to be your own human, really, and make your own decisions. And so, 
the biggest thing that people want to take away is it's easy to take away Sundays. We can both tell you right now that Lauren and I had times where we've led, how long long have we been together leading volunteering at Tiberidge? Um, This is my fifth year. Fifth year. Okay, so she's been here longer than I have (laughs) with it. And, but I got here in 2020. Yeah. So, and then I guess I started serving then also mainly when I got on league team was in that fall of 20 and which is crazy because that was COVID and everything else. But <laughs> for me, that was such a crazy time because we have both, I was on the baseball team at that time and we could both tell you stories or we could tell audience the stories of like, there were times where we were out, at least I was, I'll tell you mine, where I was driving friends around because I was the DD for the baseball yeah. team and stuff like that, driving guys around 2, 3, 4 a.m. And I get up and I got to be at church at 8 a.m. the next, the next Sunday, that next morning in a few hours. And I would be dragging, right? And there'd be times where you could see other lead team members that were doing that. And I don't think that's a sense of to necessarily condemn. It was, it, it's seasons of life for people. But the important thing is that you're making church party and making it be there because it's so easy to just, push it off and I think if you continue to pour in and continue, I think that's part of your testimony too is yeah. like there was a season of your life where you know church and stuff like that was hard to go to I literally could not walk into this building for a solid like year without crying yeah um and a lot of my the t-rock services and sunday services were sat in the cafe just I knew I needed to be in this building but mentally I was like not there yeah yeah so I don't know. I think um, for me, it was really harped on of like, you need to find a church. You need to find a church. You need to find a church. And honestly, like when I came, I was excited, but I wasn't like, oh, let me find the church that I'm going to go to like that. I don't know. That just wasn't, I guess, where my priority was. How did you find, um, I don't know the story. How did you so find the <laughs> This is why I always tell, I get to do a lot with our volunteers at T-Rock and I always harp on like, that outreach that we do on campus is so, so important because um, my first day of freshman year, I was walking from my dorm, and I remember I was going to the Grant Building, um, and which is one of our buildings with classes on campus, and I was stopped right in front of the student center by Allison Roberts, oh yeah, um, and yeah. she handed me a bag of donut holes and a connection card to come to church, and I had planned on going to the BSM because – from what I understood, which I've never actually been to the BSM, is that they're, they kind of um, help students find, like, an actual church home to go to on Sundays. Yeah, that, yeah, that is what they um, do. And so that was what my plan was, to just start going there and figure out. Um, but <laughs> thankfully, I was not thankfully that I didn't have to go to the BSM, but <laughs> thankfully that God literally placed Allison in my life at that moment. And my hall that I lived in my freshman year got really super close um and we I came back and invited them all and we had probably a group of like 10 people we piled up into a car and we drove here and I attended one T-Rock service and then I was like I need to start volunteering um and I had a lab that semester that went until nine o'clock which is when our college ministry starts and I would come running. Like, if she let us out late, I would come or early. I would come running and being like, where can I serve at? Um, and so God blessed me with that, like, really quick. And I am very thankful for that. And Timbridge has been my home ever since. Um, but even then, you couldn't have told me that I would be doing what I'm doing now 
Um, and I'm so blessed with what God has given me. But I think also it's so, so important to realize that, like, and I tell people this all the time because um, we've, James and I have even had friends who have been like, you know, like, I want to go to T-Rock with y'all, but that's just not really the place that I feel connected to God. And I'm like, if that is another college ministry in town that you feel more connected to, like, go, get Absolutely. Jesus there. Like, I, to me, and I think to, we talk to this, talk about this to our leadership team all the time. It's like, it's not necessarily about the numbers that we have in this building because I'm so passionate about it. But I will say all the time, like we can have 400 students in this building. And if one of them accepted Christ or one of them was impacted, I would rather have 10 students in this building every Wednesday and all 10 feel impacted than have 400 students and only one feel Christ. Um, And so it's not about the numbers. It's not about necessarily where you find your church home. It's the fact that you do find a church home. And so if you go to a church and you're just like, this is great. They're doing great. You know, like people are feeling Christ. Um, but that's not for me. Like, that's totally okay. Like my church back at home, it's, I go back now and I'm like, you know, I feel connected here. Um, and so this is my church home now. And so I go there and I'm like, oh, the worship isn't as good. You know, the drummer isn't as loud as our drummer is here. But my grandpa, who's in his 80s, found Christ at that church. And so, yeah, it wasn't the church for me, but it reached my grandfather, who had never been a Christian before, who a few years ago could barely walk and went and walked up to the baptistry and got baptized and has given his life to Christ. And so it's not for me, but it's for him. And so this church may not be for you, but it's for me. And I think as long as you find a church um, and any church that doesn't respect you leaving to find a home that better fits you is not one that's Christ-centered to begin with. Um, And so I think you have to put your walk with Christ before anybody else around you. Uh, And I think it's just important to find, try churches until you find your home. Um, And a church should feel like your home. And I think for a lot of people, um, They've said that they walk into this place and they feel at home and that's why they've stayed. But then I'm sure there's dozens of people every Sunday that come and don't feel at home here. Um, And it sucks. And I wish that we could be that home for everybody. But also I'm like, if another church in town is giving you, you feel more at home there, then go, like go experience Christ wherever you feel at home. Um, And so I think that that is just the most important thing, especially like Cody said, like this is your first real like, Thing that you're doing as an adult it's your first real especially in your walk with Christ um you're having to find your walk your walk with Christ not your parents walk with Christ anymore um if you haven't already and so I think it's important to put you first and so my parents when they first started coming here they were like this is so different but now my parents will literally drive here on Sundays to come to church with me because they're like we feel so at home here um and so I think just you have to put yourself first and realize that this is a choice for you to make and nobody else. Um, and if you feel at home there, then go. And if you don't find another place and that's okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, People always, people are very, uh, I mean, even, even pastors can be like this too. It's like, Oh, well it's gotta be my place or their place. First off, it's not your place. It's God's (laughs) place. First off. Um, so it's not, I think that adage of it, like, oh, like, this might, no, no, you're being a steward of it, right? right. Um, even though I get to lead the college part, that does not mean, oh, that's it's my T-Rock, this is mine. Yeah. It's not. No, it's God's, and he just has 
put in a season of my life. Hey, that you're in a season or you're in a position right now to help guide and lead this ministry in the way that it is. And so I think you should be just very humble with that if you're a leader or volunteering, which is a great step to the next one that you're going to ask to about volunteering. So, <laughs> uh, so it's good though. Yeah, we can get into it. <laughs> um, so the next question that we have just to kind of wrap it up is, um, for people who have been to attending church for a while, which we talked about, you know, finding your church home, getting into that routine, and people feel like they need to take the next step. Um, what would kind of be your tips or recommendations, or how did you get involved in kind of serving and stuff, and where do you see is the time to do that? Um, all the things. So I don't think there's a, there's not necessarily, I think what stops people, and this is just everything in life, mm-hmm. um, is you need to know if, if you're ready enough. Yeah. And that's literally great life advice, but also just Christianity too, is because you're, the opportunities that are presented and stuff like that, you're not going to, you're going to struggle if you always are going throughout your entire life, well, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. Um, there was some wise advice given me the other day, um, you know, me getting ready to think about marriage and all these other different things. And I asked my uh, my dad and other wise counsel, I'm like, hey, do you think I'm ready to be married? Because that's just something that, you know, I'm asking people yeah. that are married. And it's it's a unique and kind of not like a scared question, but just genuinely curious. Yeah. And people are going, you're never ready. Yeah. Which I'm <laughs> like, um, but the reality is what they said after is that you're just, you're ready enough. You're mature enough to understand what what it takes. You're understanding um, different things. Now, you may not know everything that's going to go on in your marriage. You're not going to understand those co- those consequences, but you're not going to understand how heavy it is mm-hmm. through, you know, financial situations or just whatever, whatever happens in that life or decisions or how to raise kids or whatever it may be, but you understand you're ready enough for that. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have to answer. And so the question is, is, okay, well, when did you start serving or how do you start serving? For me, I tell everybody this and it's literally, it's so true. I started because of baseball and how it affected my life. I didn't, I didn't really go to church very much as a, as a kid on Sundays like I did, but it was, it was always around church or it was always around baseball. Sorry. So church was always around. Yeah. I guess I said it right the first time. Um, I chose baseball first. So yeah. if baseball, travel ball on the summer Sundays, there'd be weeks or there'd be months that, I didn't go to church because I was at baseball mm-hmm. on Sundays. And so I literally started serving to meet girls when I was 17 in high school. And cause I was like, Oh, I'm single. I'm going to meet a Christian girl there. <laughs> I never met one there. And I did meet Heather here, yeah. which was, which was cool at serving him while we were on the lead team. Uh, but not at that moment. And even though I went in with the wrong intentions, God still used that moment in my life right. to transform me and understanding like, this is so important to, for a while, another one listen lesson that it taught me was there were days where I'm just going, oh, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to do this. But I had signed up to volunteer. I signed up to do, I was working with the middle school uh, kids and I was saying hi, and giving them high fives or checking, uh, doing the check-in process with that. And I remember going, but I signed up and because it, it was, I honestly went out of duty sometimes. And that's like kind of sad to admit, but it was the, the truth. And in that process, God worked on me in that moment. Now, being volunteering and how that works, for me, that moment changed my whole life 
of slowly God working on me. And then when I got older, when I went to the family church, they happened to have like a volunteer expo that next week. And I, or a couple days later, I went, I met Ben Garcia, who was the youth director at that time when literally I remember to this day, he's still in my contact. Like he's literally has a photo like, like this (laughs) in it. And it's still my cover photo six years later. Um, and I joined the team immediately. Um, and then that next time when I came here to Timber Ridge, I literally came on a Sunday, me and my roommate did, and then they were going, oh, you need to come to our T-Rock on a Wednesday. And then we went to, uh, we went to T-Rock that night mm-hmm. and I literally started serving and then, yeah, so that's how I kind of got going with it. But you're never, I think people are just ready enough and that's just life in general because mm-hmm. You can't sit there and go, well, Cody, you had experience in volunteering. It doesn't matter. Yeah. There's a place for you with every place, I promise. And on top of it, it just builds a community that is so important. Mm-hmm. And so I always recommend people to volunteer, um, not to create less stress on people that do serve and people that are, you know, do this as part of their living. Yeah. But it is, it truly is an impact. And that's the reason why I, I always recommend it. I think it's so important. I think literally we talked about this on Sunday at church was that God calls us to community and he calls you to be around other people and for some people that may be volunteering and for some people that may not be. But I think kind of just to hit on what you hit on was like uh, you're never going to be like ready to volunteer. Like you, I literally had a conversation with a girl on Wednesday who was like, I've just been getting tired and burnt out, and I just needed a moment to just sit and take in church as church, and I needed a moment to just sit in here and not have to serve anybody else, and she's literally one of our top volunteers here, but she, I told her, I was like, I'm so proud of you for taking that, like, there will be times even for us where I think we take back and take a weekend or step away from a T-Rock, and we're like, okay, like, you know, there's times where you always have to step away, and you're never gonna jump in a ministry or into volunteering and be like okay I'm set for the rest of my life like you are going to have to step away at times and refill yourself but the goal of volunteering and serving at a local church is hopefully to help fill your cup and so if it's not that then you know if you're not James and I have conversations about this all the time if you're not going into serving and volunteering with the right mindset of serving others so that they can reach Christ then maybe it's not the time for you um, because at the end of the day, yes, serving is a good thing, but if you're getting nothing out of it and you are going into it with the wrong mindset and you're just going into it to check off a box of, like, I should be serving, then, like, yeah, it's pointless. It's, you know, like, yeah, you're helping, but it's kind of pointless. Like, you're not – God doesn't call us to serve just because – he wants us to check off one of the boxes to get into heaven. Like, that's not how heaven works, first of all. Um, but also, I think it's not, it's just like with reading your Bible or praying or worshiping or all of the things that we talked about. Those are not checklist things. They're things that you do to serve and honor God and to also hopefully help the people around you um, get to create those relationships with Christ. But if it's not about that for you, um, and if that's not your mindset at the time, that's okay. But I think it's important to be in that mindset and to go into it with the right intentions um, to be able to grow yourself and also grow others around you. Yeah, and there's also this there's also this aspect of understanding that. And by the way, we're running a little long because we're super excited <laughs> for this first one. We're trying to make these 
shorter, but this one will probably, we don't have a timer yet. We're probably going to put like a little timer in the, in the future of like how long we've been recording for. Cause we have, Laura and I both have no idea. <laughs> um, but I do want to say that what's important is there, what's important is that when you do start volunteering, especially even when you go on staff, nobody is perfect. And I think people think that the church is like, oh, like people are still going to have the staff. And I want you to let you know that there's a moment that changes when you go from like the pew to behind the curtain. Yeah. And that is okay. Like mm-hmm. there can be people being like, oh, they aren't as perfect as it seems because they talk on stage or something like that. Like that is where I, it is, I've had to struggle with that as when I came and became a staff mm-hmm. on at not just necessarily this church, but just in general, like it's a consistent thing. And it's, you may be saying, oh, Cody, that's weird. And that's why we could to talk about that for a full episode, but understanding like people are still human. They're still going to make mistakes mm-hmm. even in the church. And so when you do start serving and you see, oh, they're frustrated me going, well, I just saw this from the stage. They still going to make mistakes. So yeah. I think that's important to understand to get into that too. Um, and that's just I- in general, but I think it's important to know that. Yeah. So, well, that's all the questions that we have. I do have one more question for you oh. that Cody doesn't know about. Oh, okay. Um, but what is just to kind of wrap it up short and sweet? What is one piece of advice that you wish that you could have told your younger self or somebody kind of going through their young adult stage? What is a piece of advice that you wish you would have known? Ooh, that's great. Um, I'll say for me that your identity, what you, it's something that Pastor John just said recently, and it was something or someone today is, is, um, he didn't say running your life, but is like, is guiding your life. There's something that's pushing you. And so that could be God. It could be sports. It could be academics. There could be something that's leading your life and you don't even realize it. And so for me, it was sports and it was baseball. And it, it took me until I was about really till baseball ended, but really till I was about 19, 20, 21 years old was right when I realized that I was identifying baseball as my God or as identifying it as this is the most important thing in the world. And I think the moment you do that, and people can go their entire life doing that and still, they're still going to get into heaven. They're still going to do it, like all, all that stuff. But the moment that you can fully put your identity in Christ and not worry about that boss and not making that that performance goal. And like, yeah, you still have to do things like that, but understanding like you're not doing it for them. Yeah. You're doing it for him. The moment you do that, oh my goodness, the freedom you feel, the stress off of you, all that stuff, because it doesn't it doesn't matter as much anymore. Right. And that's what I would say as younger kids, you're so excited, especially if you're a go-getter and you want to like, oh, I want to go do this life, I want to go do this life, and this in life. Yeah. <laughs> like you're going to put identity in work, put identity in this. Um, and I think that is all of it. And you could also think it's good too. I put identity in my kids. I put identity in, in, in my marriage. And that is not, is not thing. And I know we're trying to short, but she's right here too. And she's talked, um, about it too, (laughs) is Taylor. I remember telling, uh, she was like, right when Cammie was born, she was like, I was identified, I was like, I was identified as like a mother. It was like just a mother and like totally natural. Like, and she was like, I realized like that's not who my identity is, is just being a mom. Um, and obviously we can't relate to relate to that being like a parent side of that, but I feel like that's very natural and there's nothing wrong with it. But I think as soon as you can get back to like, God is my identity, God is the one who's leading my life. And then everything else doesn't mean it just falls in place so easily, yeah. but it naturally life makes more sense. So 
that's what I would say to my younger self is find whatever is pushing you, whatever your identities, make sure it is on Christ. And if you don't know, ask people around you. Amen. Period. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much for joining in. I hope that what we were able to share helped you. Thank you, Cody, for coming and joining us. Um, we will see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>